morning. Welcome to each one that has come out this morning. Special welcome to some extra young people here this morning. Thank you for coming. Thank you to each one that has a part in the service so far for what you have uh, shared with us. Can anyone tell me what is significant about this Sunday? Right. This is the seventh year anniversary of Oasis Christian Fellowship starting here in this building. It was on uh, July 28, 2013. It was the first service here. How many of you were here for that? Less than half. Does anyone remember who had devotions that Sunday? That's right. Any idea what one main verse he used? Brother Brian Nolte, he had a verse from Philippians Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I think he may have talked some about the children of Israel with the cloud in the wilderness as well. This will probably be easier. Who had the message? Right, right, yes, right. Brother John had the message. Anybody remember what it was about? That's right. You got a better memory than I. <laughs> I had to look. <clears throat> Oasis, will we live up to our name? First point was love. Esteem the other better and desire the best for them. It will be a witness to the world. Not love is a feeling, but a posture of heart. Second point, unity of the spirit. Oneness that is a result of the spirit drawing us together. Third point, unity of the faith. Oneness of vision and direction. Provide a stable place for our children. That's where my notes ended. Um, I listened to the message and found out there were several more. Not sure if I fell asleep or I was helping with Riley when he was younger then or what happened. Um, 
Fourth point, live in peace. If it does not produce peace, it may be flesh. Five, extending hospitality. Fond of guests, generous, welcoming. Six, diversity of gifts, all are needed. God hath tempered the body together. How have we done? I often think of seven as being the perfect number, so maybe it's a good time for us to evaluate. Each of us contributes to the whole. So I guess we should say, how have I done? Some of us tried. Maybe all of us. Some tried really hard. Wish we could have done more. Yet we still came up short at times. There are those who are no longer with us. Some of you have come since and have become a part. To all of us, keep pressing toward the mark. We want to eventually be able to say, as the Apostle Paul, For I am now ready to be offered the time my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. What did we just do? We made an evaluation of ourselves. What really matters? It's what God says. Children's lesson there is about the children of Israel. God said they were stiff-necked. That didn't sound too positive. Oftentimes, I share out of what I'm reading or learning myself, This month, there was only one book left in my Bible reading, the book of Revelations. God, why am I reading Revelations a month I'm supposed to preach? I started making some notes on the messages to the seven churches. Not necessarily that that's what I was going to go with, but just making some notes while I was learning some things. A while later, it dawned on me that this was the seventh anniversary of Oasis. So it seemed like that confirmed to me that that's what I was supposed to use. God's message to the seven churches. That's the title. God's message to the seven churches. I had not started with the premise that this is what we need, but rather what can we learn from it? Human nature is still the same. We face some of the same things today, although maybe in a little different form. Yet the root issue may be very similar. What can we learn that applies to us today? I'm not as Brother Moe's two weeks ago, so I may not give you all the answers you're looking for. Um, more of an overview. There be many more points that could be uh, developed much further. Open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 1.
seems the first chapter deals with the past. Chapters 2 and 3 discuss things that were present at that time and possibly throughout the church age. And chapter 4 to the end are mainly things uh, about things still to come. The word revelation means to take the cover off. Let's start there, chapter 1, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bare record of the word of God, of the testimony of Jesus Christ, and of things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Stood out to me there in verse 3, Blessed is he that readeth. Sometimes we shy away from uh, this book. Um, Blessed is he that readeth, and hear, and hears the word of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written. So we're going to do some reading to see what we can learn uh, from this. Uh, verse 4, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was, which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Interesting, it doesn't start out with fear all these things which may happen. That's not what it says. It says grace be unto you and peace. Same grace, Brother Earl talked about last Sunday in Titus 2. Grace and peace be unto you. John was on the Isle of Patmos. Um, I think he was um, a prisoner because of the gospel of Jesus. Um Let's start in verse 9. Drop down to verse 9, chapter 1. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom of patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that's called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, heard behind me a great voice of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book. And send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. In the midst of seven candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment, down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. 
Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. The seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Here we see John's uh, response when he saw God. He was so unworthy that he fell at his feet as dead. What would God write in a letter to us as a church here at Oasis today? What would God write in a letter to me personally today? Each one of us contributes a part that makes up the whole. Chapters 2 and 3 is the letters here to seven different churches. Um, they were ch- churches in, the, in Asia there. Uh, I think they were yeah, all actual real churches there. Some have applied a time period to each church, um, but I had to think about it. History repeats itself, so maybe we should consider what God says to each one, even if it's not considered one that may be referring to our time period. So let's look at each letter and take note of, there's some things mentioned, the character of God. God mentions some things to different churches that they did well. There's some things God mentions to different churches that they did wrong. And what was God's remedy? What was God saying that each church um, should do? So let's start with the first one there, chapter 2, verse 1. Church at Ephesus. Unto the angel of the church at Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars. And hast born, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place. Except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. 
What do we learn about God? Verse 1. He holds the seven stars in his right hand, which are the angels to the churches. And we also see that he walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And as said in their last chapter, the seven golden candlesticks represent the seven churches. So we see that God walketh in the midst of the seven churches. Verse 2, he says, I know thy works. There's not really anything that's hid from God. He knows it all. Here are their works he talks about, their labor, their patience, how they cannot bear those which are evil. It says that they tried those which, which said they were apostles and were not. Verse 3, has borne and has patience, uh, for the Lord's sake labored and has not fainted. So they had a lot of good things there, a lot of good things going for them. But there was one thing that God said. They had left their first love. They need to remember from when they were fallen and repent. If they didn't change, God said he was going to remove their candlestick. So even though they had a lot of good things there, Having left the first love, that was enough that God was going to remove them if he did not repent. So God told them what they needed to do. The remedy was to repent. Uh, it also says there, the hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, that was good. Um, but all their good was not enough if they didn't have their first love for the Lord. talks about hear what the Spirit saith. To him that overcometh, why eat, give to eat the tree of life. And as mentioned each time, I think, uh, in case I forget to mention it at all, that overcoming there is a continuous or a repeated action. It's not a once and done thing. It's a continuous, repeated action of being an overcomer. I forgot to mention there the church of Ephesus could be could represent the apostolic age. Right there early in the beginning, right after the time of Christ. Okay, verse eight, chapter two, verse eight, church at Smyrna. Uh this church emperor worship developed in this city. The Christians suffered greatly. Um Polycarp, the bishop of Smyrna, was martyred here because he would not call Caesar Lord. This could represent the age of the martyrs of the church in the second and third uh, centuries. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works, and tribulation, and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. 
He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Here we find out about God. Um, talks about the, the first and the last. Referring to, to Jesus there, was dead and is alive. Was dead and is alive again. Okay, as mentioned before, I know thy works. It talks about the tribulation, poverty um, that they were experiencing. But thou art rich. God's perspective was they were rich. Even though in the eyes of man, maybe they were poor and suffering. Uh, mentions there about um, yeah the blasphemy of the, those which say they're Jews and weren't. Okay, verse 10. Um, he tells them not to fear those things which they will suffer. They will have tribulation, but be thou faithful unto death. It doesn't seem like he really says here anything that they need uh, to repent of, but to continue on being faithful, um, be faithful unto death. And as mentioned every time, hear what the Spirit saith, and be an overcomer. Okay, the next one is the church at Pergamos. They had an immense altar to Zeus, the god, the chief of the Greek mythological gods. Mythological gods. Stood on the higher part of the city, about a thousand feet above the plain. This could represent the age of the state church, which began with Constantine and continued until the Pope, first Pope, was recognized by the authority of the Catholic Church. Possibly A.D. Uh, 313 to 590. Okay, starting in verse 12. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is, and thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith. Even in those days where Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent. Or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will fight against thee with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saying, He that receiveth it. Here in describing uh, God, it says, He which hath a sharp sword with two edges. Sharp sword with two edges, something you don't want to mess with. Verse 13, 
Again, God says, I know thy works. He knew where they dwelt. He knew the circumstances. Um, talking there maybe about the, where Satan's seat is. I don't know if that was referring to that image or not. I'm not sure. Um, God knew the situation where they were. But he said, the good thing, they were holding fast his name. And they had not denied the faith. So they were being faithful. But they had allowed some things there at the church that God said they should not. They had some among them holding the doctrine of Balaam. Um, it would be interesting to study that out more, what all that involved. But um, I think I might mention a little more about that later. It mentions about casting a stump, how Balak cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, and also about eating things to sacrifice to idols and um, cause them to commit fornication. So they had people there in the church that were holding to this doctrine, which God did not like. And so, verse 15, also they had some there that held the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which God hated. So God tells them that they are to repent of that. Even though he said they were holding fast to his name, they were not denying the faith, he told them that they were supposed to repent of not having dealt with these issues that were false doctrines uh, in the church. They didn't repent. He would come and fight against them, it said. Again, he what the Spirit saith and be an overcomer. Church of Thyatira, possibly the least important of the seven cities mentioned, may have been more important commercially than politically, could represent the time period when the church was firmly established, not only as a church, but also as a state, A.D. 590 to 1517. Begins with the first pope, Gregory the Great, and continues to the time of the Protestant Reformation. Verse 18. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath eyes like a flame of fire and feet like fine brass. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against thee because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. But I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins of the heart. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which you have already. Hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh, and 
keepeth my works unto the end. To him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as a vessel of a potter. Shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. About God hath eyes like a flame of fire and feet as fine brass. Again, I know. I know all about you. I know your works. The good things there, they had charity, service, faith, patience, works. And they were growing. So it's the last to be more than the first. They were growing in those things. So that was all good. Nevertheless, God had against them. They had allowed a false prophetess, Jezebel, to be teaching and seducing. God says, my servants. God did not like that they allowed that, that they had not dealt with that. So God tells them, uh, those involved in that were to repent of their deeds. The other ones there that had not been uh, involved in the depths of Satan, he told them, hold fast. Continue to hold fast. Continue to be faithful. That which you already have, hold fast. Uh, verse 23 there uh, tells us another thing about God. God is the one that searches the reins and hearts. And he will give unto everyone according to your works. God will be the just judge. Okay, Sardis. Read one place that the richest man living uh, reigned there. It could represent the Reformation era of the church from A.D. 1517 to 1790. So reading there in Revelation 3, verse 1. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest, and art dead. Be watchful, and strengthen the things which remain, that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received, and heard, and hold fast, and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. They shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. 
about God. There again mentions the seven spirits of God, the seven stars. And he says, I know thy works. Thou hast a name that livest, but art dead. So it seems like, um, yeah, they thought they were something, and yet God's perspective, it wasn't too good. Verse 2, though, there he does say that, Be watchful and strengthen the things that remain. Um, but then he says, I have found thy works, that I have not found thy works perfect before God. They were coming up short. And there again he tells them, as some other churches, to repent. Uh, he says to hold fast. So those they had some things. You know, some things they had right. Hold fast to those things, but repent of the other things. He mentions in verse 4 that there were some that had not defiled their garments. There were those that were walking uh, faithfully with God there at the church. Okay, the church of Philadelphia. This could represent the age of the missionary church, which began with the rise of modern missions under William Carey. Verse 7, To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. We see here that God is holy. God is true. He has the keys. He openeth, and no man shutteth. He shutteth, and no man can open. We see again that he knows the works of the people at the church there. He names some good things. They have some little strength. They kept his word. They have not denied his name. Verse 10, they kept the word of my patience. And God says about how he's going to keep them from the hour of temptation, apparently because of that. He tells them to hold fast that which they have. And those that overcome, 
Um, will he make me a pillar and so on? There were a few there that God said that uh, he was going to deal with, but I'm not sure that they were necessarily part of the church. Um, not sure they're necessarily part of the church. It doesn't seem that God has any uh, criticism. It's nothing that he tells them that they need to repent of, but rather to hold fast, um, continue on. Okay, and we come to the last one, Laodicea. It was known as a banking center, had a famous medical school, but I understand it to be in complete ruins today. This could possibly represent the apostate church of the last days, from A.D. 1900 to the present. Verse 14, Revelation 3. Now unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, and that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou was cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesalve that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am sat down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. We learn about God. It says, The Amen, the faithful, true witness, beginning of the creation of God. Then God says, I know thy works. He says, Thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. We like a cold drink on a hot day, and we like a hot drink on a cold day. And when you're out on a hot day and have your water bottle with you, and it's been out for a while, and you pull it out, and it's good and warm, it's not very good. Because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. He explains in verse 17. They thought they were rich and increased with goods and didn't need anything. That was their evaluation. God says, And knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. His counsel was to buy gold tried in the fire, white raiment, anoint thine eyes with eyesalve. Be zealous, repent. 
So I skipped over that there. Uh, 19 there, God says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. It's only because of the loving kindness of God that he does rebuke and chasten. Verse 20, an invitation to anyone to come to the Lord. Open the door of your heart. God is ready to come in when you are ready. Okay, now let's review a little bit uh, some of the things we went over. Um, Character of God. Some of the things we talked about were him holding the seven stars or spirits uh, in his right hand. Talked about him walking in the midst of the candlesticks or in the churches. Mentioned to every church, I know thy works. Nothing hidden from God. God is the first and the last, was dead and is alive. Talks about him having a sharp sword with two edges. He knew where they dwelt. God knows what we face. Talks about eyes like a flame of fire. You thought your parents could see right through you when you did bad. Um, God even more so. Feet of fine brass, holy, true, that's the key of David, amen, faithful and true, beginning of the creation of God. Okay, some things the church did well. Some of them tried the false teachers. They did weed, some of them did weed out the, dealt with the false teachers. Number two, there were ones that had patience and endured tribulation. That was good. Number three, there were those who did not deny the faith. Four, there were those that were growing in good works. Five, there were those who had not gone to the depths of evil with Satan. They had kept themselves. Verse six, there were those who did not embrace false doctrine, which there was much of that around. And seven, Keeping God's word was another thing that they were commended for. Those were things the church did well. Now, things the church did wrong. Maybe these are possible places for us to fall. Maybe these should be warnings to us. Number one, left their first love. That's the one church had left their first love. Do I still have the same love for the Lord as I do when I first became a Christian, when I first got born again? Or have other things taken that spot? Another thing the church had done wrong was allowing the doctrine of Balaam involved immorality, eating things offered to idols, following the lust of the flesh, we must not allow those things in our lives or in the church. Another thing he did wrong was allowing the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. That was a loose sect who sheltered under the name Christianity, but were hateful to Christ and to true, true Christians. So again, uh, needing to keep the church pure and clean. 
Four, a little bit the same. Allowing Jezebel to teach and seduce God's servants to commit fornication and things to idols. I read recently about some of the uh, influence of feminism in our culture, where it is leading our society to today. They had it back then too. Some things come around again. Men, take your role. Sisters can be a real blessing when they take their God-ordained role. Okay, and review some of the things of God's remedy that he gave for the churches. First thing was to repent. If they had missed a mark, what they needed to do was to repent. Another thing God mentioned was to be faithful. Third thing mentioned was to hold fast. That which is good, keep on. Keep on. Gold tried in the fire. Build on things for eternity, not on temporal things that will not last. Five, white raiment. Keep unspotted from the world. Cover thy nakedness. Does not seem to be much shame of that left in our society today. Six, anoint thine eyes. See things as God does. And seven, be zealous. We're in a battle. It's not a time just to sit back and take it easy, but to be zealous. Let's look a little more at the church at Laodicea, a little closer maybe, as it may be closest to the age we live in. Is lukewarmness the biggest threat that we face today? Maybe it's the most subtle threat. It was mentioned uh, recently here that the thing we fear may be our salvation. Probably all of us would want life to continue, peace and freedom. But what if that is what helps us to be lukewarm? If that peace and freedom were taken from us, could that be our salvation? Be what saves us from giving in to that or being deceived by that? What are some things that lead to lukewarmness? I don't know, maybe you come up with a whole list. I did not for that. I have one thing, though, here, that the affluence of our society we live in here, I think that is probably one big issue that we face that can tend to make it easier for us to become lukewarm, the affluence that we have here. Chapter 3 there, verse 17, started with the evaluation of themselves there, the church at Laodicea. But that wasn't how God saw them. Deception is real as truth. They thought that they were didn't need anything. They thought they were doing well. But that's not what God said. God's counsel... 
there in verse 18, the first thing is to buy gold, try it in the fire. First Corinthians talks about building upon a foundation. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. What am I building my life on? Is it the things that will count for eternity? Family devotions we were reading uh, about in the Old Testament, the tabernacle of God, um, was in the center of camp, right in the middle. What place do I give God in my life? Is he what my life revolves around? God's counsel here to this church in verse 18 was to be clothed with white raiment. Robes of white are mentioned numerous times in Revelations. Um, One place talks about that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. The other day I was out with a gray pair of pants, not white. I was going to wear to go away somewhere to a meeting. And I was trying to do something out at the shop. And it got dirty so quick. I mean, just something brushed against it and it was dirty. Um, white does that even quicker. But it compares that we are to have white raiment. Clean, white, think of being pure. How much does it take to change that? Not much at all. Revelation 7 talks about um, those that came out of the tribulation having washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. What do you do when you get dirty? Get it washed. If you get your white robe washed, dirty, get it washed. By the blood of the Lamb. Don't continue going around with it dirty. I think Brother Earl mentioned here the other Sunday, nothing in Christ's possession is going to be dirty. And neither will anything dirty enter heaven. Revelation 21, 27, And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Ephesians 5.27, that he, God, might present it, or that Jesus, I guess, might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. Third thing there in verse 18, God's counsel to the church there was to anoint thine eyes that they could see. That I can see things as God does. We have God's word to help us have the right perspective of how God sees things. We have our brothers and our sisters can help us. Maybe sometimes we don't see something. Let's help each other. It 
In conclusion, it talked about overcoming. I think to each one of those churches, God's desire was that they would be overcomers. Second Timothy talks about endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. If we want to overcome, we need to be careful. We do not entangle ourselves with the affairs of this life, but that we may please him, God, who has chosen us to be a soldier. We need to strive, but strive lawfully. Each of these ones he mentioned here, what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Repeat it every time. Do I want to hear God's opinion? Or would I rather not? The other thing I had to think about in the book of Revelations is here. becomes pretty clear that there are two groups. Which group do I want to be identified with in eternity? When it comes to the end of time, I don't think there's going to be any question which side you'll want to be identified with. Do I clearly want to be identified with the people of God today? Let's start now. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word you have given to us. We can read, we can learn of other people, other churches, things they faced, how they responded, some things they responded well, some things they did not. Just pray that you would help us to be able to see clearly ourselves as you see us. Those things that we are doing that are right and good, we will continue to be faithful, persevere, continue on in those things. And if there is anything that is not pleasing to you, that you would share that to us, reveal that to us. We'd be willing to deal with it and continue on with you, that we can have white, clean robes that will be ready when the bridegroom comes back. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen.